Good morning, Lakeview Church. Welcome to Gospel Community Sunday. Have you ever gotten unexpected news? Like showing up to church on a Sunday morning and finding out, oh, it's Gospel Community Sunday. In the passage that we're going to look at this morning, the Philippians received some unexpected news from the Apostle Paul. They had sent Epaphroditus to visit Paul in prison and to find out, how are you doing, Paul, and how can we be praying for you? So Paul wrote the letter of Philippians, and he sent it back with Epaphroditus. But the thing that's kind of weird about it is Paul doesn't talk a lot about how he's doing. He talks mostly about how the gospel is doing and what God is doing in his life. And when he does get around to talking about himself, he says something that the Philippians did not expect him to say. He said, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Even though I'm in chains, even though I'm suffering, even though I'm locked up because of my faith in Christ, even in the midst of all that, the pain is real, the suffering is real, but you know what? In the midst of the suffering, I am rejoicing and I will keep on rejoicing. Now, I want to know, how can I have that kind of joy? How can I rejoice even in my sorrow? Because all of us are going to face pain and sorrow and loss. All of us are going to suffer at some point in our lives. So when that season comes for me, I want to know how I can have the kind of joy that Paul had. That's our question for this morning. So in the gospel community, you've already read Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. If you're watching this online, I would recommend pausing the video, opening your Bible to Philippians 1, and reading verses 12 through 26, then push play. In this passage, Paul has a couple of lessons for us uh, for how we can find that kind of joy. The first one is this. We will find joy when our suffering serves Christ. We can rejoice even in our sorrow when our sorrows advance the gospel. That's what Paul's talking about in verse 12. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. This isn't a setback. Just because I've been arrested, it hasn't slowed the gospel down. No, Jesus is unstoppable. And in fact, the gospel has been advanced even more because of my suffering. And he says in verse 13, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. No doubt Paul had many opportunities to share Jesus through his imprisonment. You know, a, a new guard is assigned to Paul, and he says, uh, hey, what are you locked up for? What have they got you in for? And, and Paul says, well, I'm, I'm here because I was telling, Jesus, telling others about Jesus. The guard says, Jesus, who's that? Paul says, let me tell you. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody's heard the gospel now. Everybody knows that Paul is in prison because of, he, of his uh, faith in Christ. And his example is actually encouraging others. That's what he says in verse 14. Um, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. They thought that by locking Paul up, that would scare the Christians. They were wrong. Paul's example, his willingness to suffer for the sake of Christ only spurred these Christians on to have more courage to have more trust in God, to have more confidence in the Lord, to know, you know what? Nobody goes to prison for something they don't really believe is true. If Paul is so committed to Christ that he's willing to suffer for it, I can be committed to Christ too. I think it's amazing that uh, when we see other people suffering and yet holding on to their faith, 
when we uh, hear stories about other people suffering for Christ, it really strengthens our faith. I've been reading a book uh, called Hearts of Fire, uh, published by the Voice of the Martyrs. And it tells the story of eight women in the underground church and their stories of costly faith. It tells stories about people like Tara, a 16-year-old Pakistani teenager who uh, her dad and her brother caught her reading the Bible. So they savagely beat her almost to the point of death. And when they had brought her to the brink of death, they left her in a bloody heap in the middle of her room and they locked the door with no medical care and no food for several days just because she was reading the Bible. Thankfully, Tara escaped. And the last few years, she has been living on the run, being chased by Pakistani officials and being pursued by her own family members who are trying to track her down and conduct an honor killing because her conversion to Christianity has brought shame on their Muslim family. Even in the face of that intense persecution, Tara has never turned her back on Jesus. She has never once changed her mind about who Jesus is or about who her God is. She has stood firm in her faith, even in her sorrow and her pain. Stories like that increase and strengthen our faith. See, finding joy in the midst of suffering is all about perspective. If we look at our sorrows and our chains and our, and our pain and our loss and our suffering and we feel sorry for ourselves and we wallow in self-pity and we get angry with God because I've been a good Christian and I'm going to church but God's not keeping up his end of the deal, if that's our perspective, then we're not going to find any joy. But if we'll look at our suffering from a different perspective, if we'll look at our suffering the way Paul looked at his suffering as an opportunity to share Jesus with others, as an opportunity for someone else to, to see our faith, even in the midst of sorrow, and their faith then is strengthened and encouraged. If we'll see our suffering as having a significant purpose to advance the gospel, to serve Christ, then we'll find joy even in the midst of our sorrow and our suffering. So when you're in a difficult season in life, ask God, to give you opportunities to share Jesus with someone through your suffering. Then you'll be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And in verse 18, and because of this, I am rejoicing. That's the first lesson. We'll find joy when our suffering serves Christ. The second lesson that Paul teaches is that we'll find joy when our lives magnify Christ. We can rejoice even in sorrow when we live for the glory of Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about in the, the last part of verse 18. He says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He goes on talking about these two options. Either, either I'm going to be released or I'm going to die. Either I'm going to survive or I'm going to be killed. But either way, Jesus will be exalted in my life. Paul's going to be delivered one way or the other. He's going to be released from prison 
in which case he will get to go back and serve the Philippians and encourage them in their faith, or he's going to be executed, in which case he will go to be with Jesus. See, he says, if I live, I will work for Jesus. If I die, I will be with Jesus. This is a win-win. Either way is a good salvation. It's a deliverance for me. What he's saying is whether I live or whether I die, my life is all about Jesus. He is the central defining truth of who I am. Now, I wonder if that's true of us. If you were writing the letter of Philippians and you were writing verse 21, for to me to live is blank, what would you put in the blank? What is living, really living for you? What is it that gives you that source of joy? What is it that makes you feel really alive? If you were asked to die for Jesus, what would you say? Would you say, uh, no, I, I'm not that much of a, of a convert to Christianity. I'm not that committed to Christ that I would actually die. Or would you say, yes, I, I would die for Christ. Most of us would probably say yes, or at least we would like to think that we would say yes if we were ever in that circumstance. But most of us have not been asked to die for Jesus. And it's not likely that we will. For most of us, we're asked to live for Jesus. Not to die for Jesus, but to live for Jesus. And what is our answer? If we are sold out for Jesus, if he is the, the defining reality of our lives, if we are finding our joy in Christ, then we find a joy that does not depend on our circumstances. It can't be taken away. Our, our joy doesn't depend on health or comfort or income or who wins the Super Bowl or who wins the election. If our joy is in Jesus, it can never be taken from us. The Apostle Paul also wrote these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we are sold out for Christ, if we belong to Jesus, if we find our joy in him, then our joy can never be taken away from us. Even in our suffering, we will find joy because our joy is in Christ. We find that joy when our suffering serves Christ. And we find that joy when our lives magnify Christ. Let me close with by asking this. Are you that sold out for Jesus? Are you as uh, fanatical about Jesus as the Apostle Paul was? Would you be willing to suffer for Christ? Would you be willing to die for Christ? Are you willing to live for Christ? That's the question. Are you that sold out? And if you're not, are you willing to start something with Jesus today? Now, I didn't ask, are you saved? I asked, are you sold out? Maybe for some of you, what you start with Jesus today is salvation. 
And so maybe, maybe for you, what you start today is giving your heart and your life to Christ. Maybe it is salvation. But maybe for the rest of us, maybe what we need isn't to get saved. Maybe what we need is just to get serious.